My name is Dr. Justin Alger, and this is the first six-episode premiere of the Future Future College Parent Podcast. Find and have conversations with your kids about, let's talk about work that you could do that you will absolutely love. Because I had the opportunity, I think, to share with my kids, I love my job. Hello, future college parents, moms, dads, and any family member who's helping a student get to college. Welcome to the first six-episode premiere of the Future College Parent Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to arming parents like you, our original influencers, with free information and resources to help the next generation of students prepare, choose, and finance college. And by college, I mean any and all education after high school or equivalent. And by parent, I mean anyone helping a young human through schooling towards college. This show is predicated with the belief that anyone can access and pay for college that they want to and should start preparing as early as the sixth grade. I am your host, Dr. Justin Alger, but you can call me Justin. Now that voice that you heard over the intro music is the guest of episode two, Miss Michelle Friedman, Director of Career and Technical Education at CVES BOCES. Michelle and I were introduced by a mutual friend when I pitched the idea of this show and she was right. Michelle is one of the biggest supporters of career and technical education out there. Now, I wanted to mention in this episode, you'll hear two acronyms repeated, CTE and BOCES. The U.S. Department of Education states that CTE, or Career and Technical Education, is responsible for helping all students acquire challenging academic, technical, and employability skills to succeed in post-secondary education and in-demand careers. The Boards of Cooperative Educational Services, or BOCES, provides the Shared Educational Programs and Services, CTE in this case, to school districts within the state of New York. Now, BOCES is not in the big five city school districts of New York City, Buffalo, Rochester, Yonkers, and Syracuse, which offer their own CTE programming. Listeners outside the state of New York can check their local school district or state education department website for their local CTE programs. Whew! That's enough with the acronyms. I hope you enjoy my interview with Michelle. Michelle, thank you for being here. Welcome to the Future College Parent Podcast. I appreciate you being here and helping future college parents. And thank you also for being one of our first six guests, your guest number two for the six-episode premiere of the Future College Parent Podcast. Welcome. Well, thank you so much. I am truly honored to have um, been asked to give a, give some feedback at, to future college parents after having a couple uh, college students myself um, and some little tips and tricks we've learned along the way. Well, wonderful. Let's get right into it. If you could share with us your role and describe in what a capacity you support parents and students in getting college and career ready? I'd love to. So my role here, um, I work in a career and tech center, regional tech centers in New York State. And we work in what we, a uh, collaborative sense in what we call a BOCES, Board of Cooperative Educational Services. So basically, um, in a nutshell, it's chunking the state into uh, groups of counties wherein regionally services can be provided that school districts couldn't uh, financially support on their own. So in in my part of New York, um, my centers are located in two counties 
and we service 16 school districts. So our students are typically 11th and 12th graders, and they come to the regional technical centers for training in the skilled trades and health careers um, as part of their journey onto what's next, whether it's immediately into the workforce or if it's moving on to advanced training and post-secondary. That's great. And now you, there are a lot of acronyms, right? And you said BOCES stands for? Board of Cooperative Educational Services. And that's exclusive to New York State. Uh, states around the country have different ways in which they can regionalize services, uh, but that's how, uh, how it works in New York State. Yeah, wonderful. And actually, I know in our pre-interview, we talked about because I was unaware whether BOCES or, or the CTE was a national or a regional program, and I actually did some did some searching myself, and 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 certainly it's a, a national program housed in the U.S. Department of Education, the Division of Academic and Technical Education, is responsible for you know helping students acquire the academic and technical and employability skills to help them succeed in post-secondary education and in-demand careers. And the, the U.S. Department of Ed website directs you to the Perkins Collaborative Resource Network, where listeners can find information about your state's CTE program. And I'll, of course, post the link in the show notes. Um, so uh, I shared with you, I think, in our, in our LinkedIn conversation, a, a Newsweek article that talks about how CTE is growing in popularity and as it again, it provides students with those skills to and credentials to get them directly in the workforce or prepare them for higher education. Now, are you noticing any enrollment shifts in on your BOCES campus at all? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, there has been an evolution to get to what we now call CTE or career and technical education. Back in the day, depending on what day you were in, back in the day it was vocational education and it was very scripted in that VOTEC was world of work. I uh, usually no post-secondary training at all. It was an either or. Then we morphed into occupational education, which brought more of the employability skills, the scan skills as we used to call them, um, and now the 21st century skills or the soft skills. Um, and then from that evolution, we came to career and technical education, which is where we are right now, wherein it is not an either or option. Most uh, technical fields and uh, training fields require some advanced level of education, not always, but oftentimes it's not an end stop. Now with the pandemic and the um, and the need for what we deemed essential as essential workers, we're seeing a surge in um, and a shift in those students who are aspiring to go into health careers, into the transportation sector, the manufacturing and engineering sector, um, and all of those components. We're seeing a leveling of the playing field where it's not either you're going to college or you go to a trade school. Uh, you go to a career and technical educational center for that all-encompassing training of not just the technical skills, but the advanced academic core skills and the employability skills. So um, we were concerned 
with the pandemic because everything shifted to virtual learning. However, um, we were able to embrace that technology and still teach those hands-on skills. And I think with um, the ongoing and um, really renewed respect for the skilled trades through the pandemic, we're seeing a, a lot more interest in pursuing those careers. I mean, when you think about it for all of us, if, if we have a task that we are asked to do and there is a viable, valid reason why it needs to be done that way, a certain way, and for on a certain timeline, we are all much more apt to say, oh, okay, all right, I can do that. And that's what we find in this academic environment where we are teaching some very high level academic core content, but in a way that is practical and applicable, the students can understand the rationale behind it. And, and oftentimes in the, the research shows, um, it, it is learning that, that will be sustained learning. It's not just, you know it for the tests and then you don't remember it anymore. It's sustained learning and it's ingrained. Yeah, sort of that mentality, if you teach teach someone to fish, they'll eat forever type of deal. You alluded to some of the benefits of participating in a BOCES or a CTE program, but can you can you expand on some some of the benefits you see is that that students experience from from participating? Sure, and 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 from a parent perspective, um, I think it's important because at least parents who are of my generation. Um, may have grown up in, in with a mindset that um, they weren't equal pathways of a vocational track or a college-bound track. And, and as I mentioned before, it's an either-or kind. You either do this or you do that. And what the takeaway I would like for parents to consider is if you were on a college track yourself and, and you went through a traditional four-year university you know, if you were blessed to have had parents who saved and were able to pay for that, um, if you were um, fortunate enough to maybe get some uh, scholarships and even some financial aid and had to take out some loans, um, there was a point in which you had to work in something else before you got the degree that you were studying for. To, to get by. Um, I know for myself, I worked as a waitress. Many of us did whatever we needed to do. I wish I had a skill that could have helped me make ends meet a little easier or um, a little sooner than um, having to rely on whatever I could do to, to get work until I got my teaching degree. So I say this because if a student comes to one of our centers for a two-year program of study and decides to take the New York State um, licensing exam for cosmetology because they came to our cosmetology program, that does not mean that the path ends as a stylist in a, at, a, at a chair. That just means that now you have a New York State license to practice cosmetology and you perhaps could put yourself through a college program making a, a bunch more money 
than maybe I was waitressing or uh, working in a dealership and being able to make that labor rate fixing cars. So I love to tell parents, consider what your options are for your kids to participate in a career in tech program while they're in high school because there is no tuition. It's part of your public school experience, at least in New York State and in many other states across the country, and equip your child with a skill they will have for life. It does not have to be their life's work, but it's a skill they will have for life. I would have loved to take automotive technology. I could do something more than fill my windshield wiper fluid. Maybe I could change a tire or diagnose something uh, before, you know, showing up at a, at a, at an auto shop. So we need to break the mold that students who come to tech school, that's all they're going to do, which is amazing what they do, but whether or not they choose to make that their life's work, what an off, what a wonderful option, but their training will never be for nothing. Um, if they choose to just carry that skill with them for the rest of their life. Yeah, it sounds like a, tr- a tremendous opportunity and a, and a gift, as you, as you suggested. I look at my juniors who come in our allied health program. So they are starry-eyed about becoming nurses for whatever reason, you know. And so by the end of their junior year, they sit for their New York State CNA license and they get certified as CNAs. They do their clinicals in the nursing homes. And now they're working with real people's nanas and grandpas, you know, and really getting in the field. Two magical things happen. One, they are even more starry-eyed about what's next and what's next in their career as a healthcare professional. And their summer of their senior year of college, now they're working in a healthcare facility. They're making really good money. The second magical thing that can happen is they realize they absolutely never, ever, never uh, uh, in another day want to be in the healthcare profession. And they were able to test drive it. They were able to maybe, because they were at at our tech center, see some other career training opportunities after realizing after one year, all I ever thought I wanted to be was a nurse. And now that I realize what that means, I don't have it in me to do that type of of care. But what I do have in me is the business end of it and the and the front office end of it. So we we navigate them to our business and health management program where now they're they're doing the HIPAA records and and so they were able to know kind of find where they thought they fit and realize they absolutely love it or they absolutely don't. And then we can redirect. Now, what a great way to redirect when there's no debt. Not a great idea to get into your clinicals as a third year nursing student and how many thousands of dollars that you had to loan because all you ever wanted to do was be a nurse. And now you realize you don't like it. So you walk away from your program But just because you decided you didn't like nursing and don't want to do that anymore doesn't mean they say, oh, okay, well, we'll just erase your your college loan debt because you decided that you didn't like it. And that's a really critical piece um, that parents, I think, don't realize until it's too late 
to take advantage of the career and tech training opportunities while the kids are in high school. Because I think for some reason, my generation and maybe others after me think that we're selling our kids short if we're, if we're asking them to go to a Votech school uh, for some reason. And, and there couldn't be anything further from the truth. So even if you don't have plans to enroll in any one of the programs, providing that or getting that exposure to a program will help you sort of prospect or figure, help narrow that, that, that process down to try to figure out what your interest might or might not be. You know what? Um, it's always a good thing to maybe take the school up on their open house or call and ask if they would do a tour. And so you don't leave anything on the table. You don't get to mid midway through senior year and say, gee, I wish I had gone to the tech school. I wish I had gone to that career center. You can go through and you can make a decision that, yes, I, I saw everything. I looked at everything, but it wasn't for me. That's fine. Um, but you never know. If you didn't go, there may have been something that would have interest you or you might have wanted a little bit more information on. It's, a, it's an excellent suggestion. I wanted to shift gears a little bit. We're, we're talking about, you're talking a lot about being career ready, right? But is there a difference or do you see a difference between being college ready and being career ready? Well, I, I think we all need to be career ready because college is another way to get to your career. Um, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. I, you don't get to college and end. You get to college, hopefully, to have the career of your lifetime, right? So in my perspective, the career is what we should be focusing towards. And those technical skills are critical but those soft skills, those employability skills, those professional skills, those are the skills that in, in my region, we have over 350, almost 400 business and industry partners that we work with. And they repeatedly tell us, we can teach them how to run our, our machines. We could teach them how to, uh, shift gears with new contracts that we have. We can't teach them how to be good team players. We can't teach them how to be reliable, resourceful, take initiative. We can't teach that. We could teach the skill part, but we want people who are coming to us, who are willing to learn, who take constructive, constructive criticism, who know not to be using their cell phone to Snapchat their girlfriend while they're, um, you know, watching machinery that could potentially harm someone. Um, so for me, I think what we need to do is really shift the conversation. And I mentioned this to you prior from where are you going next year? to what do you see yourself doing? What would you love to do? And then based on that answer, continually helping to find resources and guidance to continue to feed that desire to move towards that goal. You know, I aspired to be an elementary school teacher. That was my, that was my 
career choice. But because I kept having opportunities to explore new and different facets of education, facets of education that at 16 years old, I did not know existed. None of us did, right? We didn't, you don't know the scope. So we have to create a culture that that inspires kids to keep looking at the career as a whole and different ways to navigate on ramps and off ramps. It's not, it's not a point A to point B journey. Um, so I think right now we are heavily focused on where are you going next year? And so, although that's important, I think the shift in the conversation could really help perpetuate more significant and healthy discussions about options within a sector. And that makes a lot of sense. I think you alluded to some, but what specifically can parents do to foster that? What are we doing next? What are we doing after high school next uh, mentality? I think we just have to listen. The jobs that our kids are going to be getting, we've never heard of them before. So I think we need to listen. I think we need to know what our resources are. We have to embrace the opportunity for our kids to be employed in ways that are very much outside of our own comfort zone. Um, we come from the mindset, and maybe the pandemic helped us a little bit with this, that you got to get up every day and you got to drive to a physical place to go to work um, in a, and dress a certain way and respond a certain way. That, that world is different for our kids and um, the technology that, they, that are native to them. We are, we are immigrants to that technology. Um, maybe not so much you, Justin, but I am. Um, so no matter how versed you are in a second language, you are always an immigrant to that language. And that's how I look at technology and folks of my generation. Um, we didn't grow up with it. I can remember when MTV launched. I can remember the first video and oh, right. Okay. So, you know, cable, getting cable was a big deal. So anyway, <laughs> it's true. So we have to, we can't apply our norm to our kids' norm because they're very, very diverse. So my advice would be to look at their talents and look at their interests and try to help inspire them to figure out what sector, not a specific job, but what sector that could fall in. Is it human resources? Is it health careers? Is it technology? Is it informational technology? Is it uh, the, the um, transportation sector? Is it infrastructure? Um, is it mechanically based? And then help break down those barriers that if you are working with your hands, that it is just as viable and just as respectable as some of the other advanced um, advanced program components that, that oftentimes seem to get a little bit more respect 
Um, you look at uh, perhaps if your if your child is is interested in doing those those cool circuit boards, you know, and the connect boards. Um, have a conversation with the with the um, international. Brotherhood of Electrical Workers because they have a quite a remarkable apprenticeship program, and I don't know if you looked at the the um, national average salary for electricians in this country. It's remarkable, and especially if you have a, a young person who is who is inclined that way and loves that kind of work. Those are the we're, we're so we can't wait to take our kids on the college tours you know we can't wait to make the circuit you see it on facebook oh we're stopping at this college today and then we're crossing the country and we're going to go to this college have you considered have you considered the um the local unions the pipe fitters have you considered the um electrical unions have you considered some of those areas of the workforce that are so respected, but yet don't seem to get the visits or have the conversations. And, and those are some things that I would encourage parents to have those conversations with your kids, because if you're having them, then you are letting your student know that these are okay to explore as well, because they may be thinking like my daughter, I'm supposed to go to college. I don't know what I'm going to do there. But that's what everybody's been telling me since I got to kindergarten that, you know, when you get done with high school, what do you do? You go to college. Well, what do you do at college? I don't know. I just go there. That's what I'm supposed to do. And then I go to work and then I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that perspective. Higher and secondary education don't necessarily have a formal way of communicating, right? So as a spokes as a spokesperson for secondary education, what advice do you have for higher education? That's a great question. The advice would be to perhaps look at your degree programs, not just as a list of required courses that end in, you know, the affirmation of the degree, which is critical, correct? But perhaps start aligning that degree program with some clear pathways to where it leads. Now, obviously, if you're in a degree program for education or elementary education, you know that the pathway is most likely into the classroom as a classroom teacher. But perhaps some of the more broader based, you're getting a degree in English, Okay, that's awesome. What are your options post degree as far as making a living? So I think it's now the, the responsibility of our post-secondary institutions to start mapping the career opportunities that are aligned to their degree programs because some of them obviously are self-explanatory, but some of the other ones, and you know, we've all had families and friends who are like, yep, my kid just got a degree in art history. What do we do from here? So if that really is your passion, I think our colleges have the responsibility, especially with the soaring costs and most likely uh, very, very challenging 
debt to have conversations with students that are enrolled in their degree programs as to their career pathways as a result of their degree programs and perhaps even build in more of the work-based learning components that we do in career and technical education to link those careers into the academic nature of the degree programs. So you're suggesting that higher education could do a better job broadly of defining these career pathways for the for the academic programs. I just I, I just think it would be in their best interest because just like for us, we have we have the beauty, like I mentioned to you before, when a kid sees the um, the slope formula on a on a construction trades test and says, why do I need to know this? You know, we can answer that. So when you when you have students who are who are interested in a degree field, I think our role in the post-secondary education um, realm is to say, if you come to us and you're accepted into our art history program, here, we're going to give you all of that academic background, but we also are want you to know that these are your options with a degree in this field. I don't think those conversations ever happen unless it's at Thanksgiving dinner with your family when your uncle that always gets in trouble for saying too much says, well, what the heck are you going to do with that when you graduate? And then everybody sits there like, Shh, you're not supposed to say that. But everybody's thinking it. Um, but the poor kid who who loves art and wants to do something has really no idea what do I do do with this when I get done. And I think that could be um, that could be the next phase in really redefining um, a post secondary experience. It makes a lot of sense. I I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge of the the BOCES and the CTE program, and you're, you're clearly so very passionate about the work that you do. And I, again, I appreciate you coming on the Future College Parent Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I just, uh, I love the opportunity. I told you. Michelle lives and breathes career and technical education. Her passion for her work is so obvious and I'm so appreciative of how she is able to explain the work she does in an approachable manner. And I know there's so much to discuss here and I wanna share with you five things I learned from my talk with Michelle. Number one, CTE offers students the opportunity to test drive learning a skill or skills or a career path while still in high school. Don't pay extra for the experience. And remember, Michelle's nursing example of a student who thought they wanted to be a nurse, but when it came time to provide patient care, she wasn't a fan. She was a fan, however, of the medical field and was able to focus her energy elsewhere. Number two, have conversations with your students early and often about their talents, what their passions are, and what brings them joy to attempt to link them to a career path. Then encourage and seek out opportunities for them to learn and gain skills. Number three, sustainable lifelong learning happens with skill building. Once you learn a skill or a trade, you have it for life. Number four, CTE does not mean no traditional college or advanced level of career. 
Your student's education path doesn't end with certification in a CTE program. Most trades are now looking for an advanced level of academic experience. And number five, use Michelle's advice to traditional colleges to benefit you. Ask colleges to highlight or map occupational opportunities with degree programs. What did you learn? Here is your homework. I remember there was homework in the first episode too. Please head to futurecollegeparent.com where you can access the Future College Parent Network and post what you learned by listening to this episode and engage with other listeners so we can learn together. Also at futurecollegeparent.com, you can access the show notes for a wealth of information on the items we discussed during the episode and check out all of our social platforms. While you're at it, please share the podcast widely with other parents, leaders of activities your student is involved in, and your school's administrators so they can share with your school district. You can also let parents know the show is streaming directly from the website. There is no need to download anything. Just point your browser to futurecollegeparent.com and enjoy. The show is also on your favorite podcast platforms as well. I want to thank Ms. Michelle Friedman for coming on the show. I hope you'll join me for episode three with Pedro Martinez, Director of Admissions at Cal Poly Humble. After listening to the premiere, be on the lookout for new episodes beginning on Wednesday, May 4th and continuing Wednesdays every two weeks after. Thanks for listening to the Future College Parent Podcast. <laughs>